0: a little bit and a fo- some folks a lot less. <laughs> there was just a lot of folks that I knew there.
1: <laughs> Dude, that was it was insane. I've never seen that many people uh show up for a benefit like that.
0: Mhm. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on the West Coast now, so I don't really get to see what's going on in Albany so much, you know, at the clubs and all, but uh yeah, I mean, I know that was a big turnout. It was something like 800 people or something like that, six, seven, 800 people.
1: Yeah, uh, I know it was over their maximum capacity.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it was an excellent show. My gosh. Oh, geez, what a blast from the past and folks that I'm keeping in touch with for sure. (laughs) How are you finding yourself doing this today? This fine Sunday morning.
1: Oh tired. Family was in this weekend.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Are they come in from out of town or
1: yeah, my father lives in uh Salem, Mass. Okay. So uh he was in for the weekend. And uh, so that was definitely interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. So what do you uh, do uh do you do anything fun over the weekend?
0: Oh, for me, well, since I just got off the plane on Tuesday from not only the memorial, but also being in Connecticut, visited with my, my family there. Um, yeah, I feel like I hit the ground running at work today and kind of recouped today and just kind of getting everything back into the rhythm of being here on the West Coast. So I um, feel like I'm landing this weekend a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, so nothing too much fun out and all that kind of thing, but just kind of chilling.
1: Dude, this is crazy. I've never – this is totally weird seeing this app like this.
0: What's that, the Zoom?
1: Yeah, I've never seen this. Oh. What's going on with it? Oh, no, I've no, just – I've never played with this app before.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I've never been on your side of it. I've always been on my side. Like I haven't initiated something, you know, been the – I forget what the terms are, but um, but I, I'm on this side. So if you need any – you know, familiarity with the controls on this side, they might be similar, but I think you just have extra.
1: (laughs) Oh, so what do you do? Like I've seen like, uh, it looks like you do a lot of yoga is what I've seen on your Facebook.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, uh, moved out, uh, in 2000 and I visited in 2003, but moved out in 2004 for, um, the, uh, traditional science of medicine in india ayurveda it's like similarly a lot of people have heard of chinese medicine traditional chinese medicine well it's uh it's uh india's um parallel or you know traditional science of medicine and uh so i've been out here for the last 15 years and you know a couple of years before that even in the albany area i was teaching yoga got into that in like the late 90s and uh it's just carried me on an awesome path it kind of can keep really keeps me alive, you know. Came out of the sex drugs and rock and roll and uh just needed something to kinda ground me and it keeps me grounded and keeps me be able to be still do the rock and roll. <laughs> um, and some of the other things a little bit too, but not as intense as I was in the youth days. So uh so yeah, that's what I'm up to now is uh building my business, my holistic livelihood wellness business and uh you know, going forward with that in my life, calling it a career. <laughs> So, um,
1: how did you actually? Uh, did, how did you meet Henry and the band?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's who. Gotta dust off some cobwebs in here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's so, uh, got a story. <laughs> oh man, yeah, jeez. Uh, you know, I think the the first time that I remember meeting Henry, and it may not be the first, but it was the first handful of them. It's a bit, it's a blur. It was close to when I was fourteen or fifteen years old. Um, in high school and walked into Adirondack Strings where Henry taught for many years with um, Sam and Kenny and Henry and uh, James and a few other guys there, uh, teachers, Luthiers and so forth. Walked in with my mom and she brought me, um, you know, into my first rock and roll guitar lesson. You know, like I was into heavy metal, uh, even a little bit of the hairband stuff. And, uh, you know, I was looking for a guitar teacher that you know, played something with a little bit of an edge, and Henry was the guy locally, you know. And, uh, and this is like, you know, late mid mid late eighties, somewhere around in that time period. And uh, so that's where I first met him, walking into the lesson room and and taking lessons right from scratch. I had never taken guitar lessons before in my life, so. Ooh, <sighs> yeah, that was the first time, and um, yeah, yeah, and then from there. Uh, getting to know Henry uh, through music and lessons um, pretty quickly within probably the last first two years. um, I'm trying to think you know I mean literally I remember being with my mom I have a lot of credit to my mom before I was you know of the age to get into the clubs before I was 18 uh, bringing me to Saratoga Winners bringing me to a China White show I think it was in East Greenbush or Rensselaer somewhere in there right in that time uh, seeing Henry with their um, with their, I don't know if he was their first drummer, but it was Tom, Tommy Shearzy um, at a, you know, an event there uh, show and it was kind of a kegger and, you know, a whole bunch of folks there throwing a um, self-propelled party and, and bands and, and got to see them. And yeah, just, so a lot of early times um, even before I was of age, you know, seeing Henry and things like that. So, yeah. So how did he, uh, how did he personally affect your life? Oh, geez. Yeah. Good question, man. (laughs) You're going deep. I like it. Here's the thing.
1: When I started this, it was Brother T asked me to do a documentary about a friend of his. I had Mm -hmm. no idea what I was getting into. I didn't even meet Henry until like May or June of this year. Mm -hmm. And so I learned real quick that this isn't your average person. It's, Mm -hmm. It's a different type of man right there. So yeah. he has touched everybody he's ever met in a yeah. special way.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. why I
1: asked that question. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 I mean, Henry, Oh, personally affected me. And like in so many ways, like he was, you know, I kind of call him my surrogate, you know, older brother mentor, even a father figure, you know, cause I was like formative years, you know, figuring out who I was and things like that. And, you know, going to those lesson rooms and, and, you know, I mean, a good story is I remember like after maybe a year of lessons or something like that, I somehow found through MTV, also that era, um, uh, King Diamond. And I remember figuring out and going back into history on my own and figuring out merciful fate was there and bringing in uh, uh, the Melissa album and wanting to learn something off of that. And he just like, half fainted and was like really you want to listen learn this and my mom's bringing me the lessons you know here and and we go out there and you know i'm as young as i am and and say i just remember sam um who was the owner of andorata strings holding the cassette tape and going like naming the title the tracks off the thing and saying yeah evil (laughs) curse of the pharaohs and you know you know satan's fall and things like that so you know (laughs) Henry was the guy who, you know, um, ah, oh, geez, you know, I could bring the things that were really alternative to a lot of my family upbringing, you know, cause I, some of that was rebellion and that kind of thing. And just giving me access to those things. And, and I learned a lot about who I was and what my life was about. That was like different than my family and coming out into the world, you know? And, you know, he kind of helped to foster that and, and provide a sense of community, a sense of family, a sense of things that were bigger than me, but also that I could be part of and like, Oh geez. Yeah. There's so many things (laughs) I could tell you like a hundred stories. Like (laughs) that's, you know, one of them for sure.
1: I've heard a ton of stories. It is insane. The amount of stories I've had from landlords to people he's taught to the the landlord was telling me he came home to check on his house and all of his stuff was out in the lawn and Henry and his friends had a concert going on in his living room.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was like, "What?" Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Henry. Henry and the people he got around him too. That's the thing. Like Henry hung out with people that would help him do bigger things. You know, do things in interest. You know, I mean, it was re- it was music. It was a message. It was entertainment. But there was an underlying sense of like brotherhood, sisterhood, community and, and, you know, geez, as much as Henry was the rock star, Henry was also, you know, everybody's best friend in a lot of ways, you know, and it's just amazing. Yeah.
1: He accepted you as long as you were a good person. He just you were accepted. Treat him right. Yep, that's that's what I got from him in the short time. He treated me like he had known me forever.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. He was of that ilk. And if you were a hen of friend, hen of friend, hen, hen. Uh, Don't worry, we can edit it for the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. If you were a, you know, it, Henry was like if you if you had friends like friend Henry was always friends with your friends and that kind of thing. It was just awesome. He was just.
1: Yeah, the the first night I met him, we were there for the uh, the erotic CD release party. And when people found out that I was doing this and that he was there, they're like, where? And ran to go shake his hand and say hello. That was like, that's where I realized, I was like, all right, something is different. Something, so that's when I was like, all right. And then I really started getting into this. Like, we've gone to the high school, uh, uh, his neighborhood. We didn't go bother his mom. I I didn't figure she'd be up for that kind of thing. I feel terrible for that woman. That's mm-hmm. going to be
0: rough. Both of yeah, her sons no in a year.
1: In like yeah. a month, right?
0: Uh, yeah, like six weeks, something You're right about that, yep. I mean, that's... This became Ooh. a
1: gear-jerking journey, like, real fast when everything went like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and they were both really good ones. I mean, Sean, you know, an amazing resource for music, passionate, uh, driven focused disciplined like all those words fit both of them really and and just you know geez Uh, yeah yeah all the amazing people you know for sure (sighs) yeah the the world is and and very you know shocking because that was your two sons and you know man i mean i knew i didn't know i knew uh, Henry the Second a little bit, and I knew Diana, you know, a little less. But I met him a few times. I think I remember meeting him with Sean and just the, the sweetest people, you know. I've Something never met else. them. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I-, I never met them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, the sweetest of people really, like, you know, the little bit that I did know him, I didn't know him super well, but I did meet him a few times. Um, I remember... You know, part of a mill, some things that Henry and I shared. And, and Henry was, um, Sean went to a different, I think he only went to Colony and somebody m- made better reference it than I. Um, but Henry went to Christian Brothers Academy for a while. I, I have a picture. He got you. thrown out of there. I think so, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not so, uh, sure I that. guess
1: he may have put uh, marijuana and the brownies in home ec class.
0: Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, I I could believe it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The yep. the uh, CBA is what the school is called, right? Yeah. 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 Christian Brothers Academy, CBA. Yep. Yeah, I've got a picture here of of Henry in in his uniform. I don't know if you have any of that. I'll just kind of flash it here. It's hard to see, but I'll I'll give you an up close.
1: Oh my
0: God! That's Henry. Yeah, that's Henry in <laughs> no in his way. uniform, and I mean, you put me and Henry next to each other in my uniform because I went to CBA as well. Um, so that was something really cool. Was that I was, military I was, cool? What? Yes, yeah, it was. Uh, it's an uh, JROTC, junior, you know, Army, um, military academy, um, Catholic, uh, very athletic and very academic and i thought it henry and like i shared some of those things but we were also quite the contrast to some of those things you know <laughs> so oh my god so but his father was like you know huge in the military i don't remember his rank but i would know it was quite significant um somebody else may, may better be able to tell those stories but so so for me at 15 years old and i was enrolled in cba and i didn't graduate but i made it for a couple more years through both the guitar lessons and CVA. And then eventually when I decided I wanna go to the public school and see what the rest of the world was doing in high school and did that for a little bit. But you know, I mean, the principal at the time when Henry was going, the principal at the time I was going, his father was the principal when Henry was going. And Henry had, I guess the the son of the guy who was principal at his time, um, as a teacher. So we would be able to like, you know, kind of make fun of people and this I, Henry's 12 years older than me. So he went at a, a whole different, um, you know, almost generation than, than me. Um, but we got to share stories about, you know, the insides and outsides of going to the Catholic military school and all such things. And, you know, playing football there and all the things, all the stories I heard. Um, but that was like a way we bonded in a way that, you know, we were, we weren't fit soldiers in that way we were more soldiers for (laughs) rock and roll so you know that's uh that's what we got to bond around yeah
1: did you ever get the opportunity to to play with them at all i know a lot of people got a chance to play with them
0: yeah uh something that i you know guitar for me was a little bit of a mystery like it was it's It still is. There's limitless depths of, you know, perspectives on how you can approach music and a guitar. And so shorter story uh, for myself, um, only in the last couple of years have I learned to like play and sing. So my my learning on guitar was not easy, let's say. It didn't come easy to me and it still doesn't. But that being said, um, I've always kept the practice because I've always loved it. I've always aspired to play like, you know, what the greats played and all that. Um, so in the last couple of years, the last time that I saw Henry was a year from this past February. So I guess that would be February, 2018, I believe. And, um, got to drop in with him, stop by at his house. And it was the first time like outside of the lesson room that I got to play guitar, not really with him, but I got to play some of his guitars and play some tunes for him. And that was you know, I, oh man, I mean, so many details, but magical moments for me. I mean, just to be able to do that. Cause you know, when I was taking lessons, you know, my learning curve was such that I was just absorbing a lot and I wasn't putting it out. Now I'm starting to figure those things out, like performing and things like that. And over the last few years, I've had um, some experiences in that, but to be able to sit in front of my teacher, you know, and, and learn something that were foundational by him instilling things in me, but also having had plenty of time to learn on my own certain things and then learn, you know, play him some black Sabbath tunes and stuff, you know, and stuff that he's never seen me play like on my own was just awesome to be able to do. And just to show him that, just to show him that. I just
1: now realized I don't need the headphones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We get so used to them, you know, we just like live with them on, you know, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) So, so yeah, you know, that, that, um, you know, that was a a super great highlight, something I'm glad, like my, in my heart of hearts that I had a chance to do that. Um, and that was the most important thing to me. If there was one more thing I would have wished for, would have been, you know, to have played out on stage and had Henry in front of the stage, like he did with all of his other friends and all of the other bands. Henry would be the first one right up in front of the stage watching you when nobody, else, everybody else is like still just sipping on their drink and just like kind of checking you out from afar. And Henry is right, like right up there, like. Right up next what to you the got, and I love <laughs> you for doing it because... It you know, takes guts to get up there on stage and pour your heart out in music. so It does. Yeah. And Henry was one of us doing that, <laughs> which was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, uh, yeah. So I never really got to play with him, but that was something that was really important to me, you know, and I feel good in that. And, you know, someday I'll probably be on a stage, you know, uh, <laughs> tributing, you know, dedicating things. And that another thing Henry did was always, you know, uh, having songs go out to different people and all that kind of thing. You know, tributes. Like, he was into that thing. That's what Henry and China White did, man. It was a part of a community, hands down. Huh. Huh. What would you say is the most valuable life lesson he taught you? Mm. Oh jeez. Nice question.
1: <laughs> oh jeez. I'm good at this game now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And you want me to pick out one. You're a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, most two more but one. Uh most important life lesson. Fuck. <sighs>
1: I think Pauls was watching this too. Nice.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, what, what is Henry's most important, like, thing I learned from him? You know, honestly, I think it's just be yourself. And it's something I can't remind myself enough about. But it's just be yourself and don't worry too much about whether people accept you or not, ultimately. I mean, be kind, give people the opportunity to be themselves And kind of trust them off the bat, like, you know, give them your best. And they're most apt to give you their best and let people be who they are. And that's what Henry, I, in my opinion, was always really good at and provided that space for other people. And as long as you didn't do them wrong, you know, you always get a hug, a handshake, a hi, what's up? How you doing? You know, and what's going on with you? Let's catch up now. And that's what the most important life lesson, be yourself and allow other people to be yourself, themselves. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't have said that any better, man. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, that's the vibe. That's the fucking vibe, man. That's the, the vibe that China White had to me. Like the bus trips to New York City. The, the, the I mean, I can wax on know, so many the gallery you know days even before me there were times in colony high school and and how they got from there into the clubs and i would love to hear stuff like that you know <laughs> make a little note there because i'm i miss some of that stuff some of the earliest earliest days but some of it's on film some of it's on tape <laughs> yeah it was craziness yeah yeah, and awesomeness.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I've, like I said, I've heard some of the craziest, craziest things. That Chuck E. Cheese story. Um, Paul said he might be able to get me into where they all practiced. Um, I'm trying to think. I had another question on the top of my head, and I dropped it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was so many stories. I mean, you know. I know another, I'm going to share another thing, you know, something like some, you know, another lesson for me that for working with Henry and Paul and Sean and, you know, Jim and Jason and fucking all the guys is like, what was it? Like, oh man, it's, I'm I'm even losing this one cause this is like, but like, so I, I was, not only like a roadie and I, to me, you know, that was, there's a bunch of things here. Like, like why I roadied and why I didn't play at the time, I think, was because I knew he was the best at what he did and that's not putting anybody else down. And I think a lot of people other agree. And there's arguable few that would disagree, honestly. And those might have right to some part of that, you know, because Henry started in 1983 that was like when Metallica started. So that was after the new wave of British heavy metal. Before so I was part born. Of that, was that before I was born? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, totally. And uh, so, you know, what I learned was, you know, I, I, I was in relationship with Henry and the boys in a bunch of different capacities, including friends, you know. But also, it was like I roadied you know and I did it for them because like he could he and they could do it way better than I could and so like I wanted to see him you know do his best so when I was a roadie for them to me I mean I was having fun it's a entertainment and a social scene but roadieing came first for me when I was doing that and that was important get them on stage get them what they need You know, any mistakes, fix them, get them to be able to polish, put off the, you know, the best performance they can. And I worked for them because they were quintessential at doing that. They, you know, always put on an awesome show. I mean, it was balls out to the wall, metal in your face. You weren't, oh, geez. (laughs) Yeah. My hair stood up on the back of my neck every time they played. Every time, I had the best seat in the house, side of the stage. Anyway, and <laughs> but what they taught me is like, like n- you know, know your job, know which, know know where you're supposed to be in life at the moment you're in it, and do your two hundred percent at that, you know, and you know, because I was friends with them too, and there was you know there was the the it and all that stuff too, and that was important. But the, the thing that was bigger than the party and it was the community, it was like bringing us all together and getting us all the vibe on the same tune, you know, and, and just, you know, they say fight or fuck or balls to the wall, whatever you want to call it. And <laughs> China White delivered that every fucking time making metal. And, uh, so, you know, it was a great experience for me to, you know, have people that I could kick it on a couch with and just, you know, be absolutely myself with no roles, no job, just me, you know. But then on the other side, when, when the, the showtime is, is happening and we're rolling out the metal and, you know, tuning the guitars and doing all the things, making sure the lights are right and the sound's right, you know, it's a production. And it takes more than just a guitar player to do that. And Henry knew how to, you know, be the not necessarily the center of that but to hold it down and create those relationships and make that event happen you know every time and so many lessons but just that that lesson of you know focus of like know what you're supposed to be doing at the time you're doing it and you can exist in other capacities with people but do what you do best with those people and get around people that do it as good as you or better and go for it in life (laughs)
1: I'm really glad that we're doing this interview. You've had a lot to say, and a lot of it is awesome education that you've got on stage and off stage, side of the stage with these guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry meant a lot a lot to me, and, and everyone around him, you know, is, yeah, Sean, too, Sean, fucking everyone. I learned so morning. many, uh, I like, I could tell ten stories, twenty stories about every person, probably. But uh,
1: this started you know. out as about a documentary about one person. Yeah, and then you learned that this one person was just a a large part of something that was even bigger.
0: Absolutely. Like, I, I didn't
1: know about Sean, uh, and then I met Paul, and then I saw how much this band influenced the music scene in, in that in this area. Well, not up in my area really, but more Albany, Troy, Schenectady. The amount of, the amount of, I don't know, the word I'm looking for, like, the amount of influence as they had on that area is insane. A lot of people said that they would not be the bands they are today if it were not for China White and Paul and Henry and Sean. And uh, Jim was another name that came up.
0: Yep. Jim Roberts and Jason and, oh, gosh. Yep. Yeah. There's... Huh. <laughs> yeah, I can name a bunch of folks, and there's a fo- you know a couple folks that I'm not even sure that that passed through China White at some point too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were. I mean, that was a thing too. You know, it was like, you know, they they kept the best relations they could with the with like salam. I mean, I remember you know everybody had ups and downs with Salam cuz Salam was hosting you know the biggest metal club in in the area and and metal was king at the time you know and all this was going on like this is you know metal was king in the in the early 80s and and through the 80s in our area that was it and Saratoga Winters hosted that and and you know Henry just Henry and the boys they kept really good relations with everybody as best they could and it wasn't always perfect you know I mean but you know it always come back together it was like family more than anything you know yeah uh the influence yeah yeah I know like me being one of his students and my friends knew that I took lessons from him and some of friends of my friends took lessons from Henry I mean that was one of the biggest things but also you know, I mean, all the girlfriends and all the other (laughs) folks, like everybody that knew everybody, it just like, it was a thing. It was an event. It wasn't just going to see a band. And that's something that like in this, in this digital age, you know, that I think we're kind of all missing a little bit. And it's good that, you know, if I was to pull, you know, what was awesome to experience in the memorial for me was, you know, maxing out that club and seeing something that, out yes yeah and i hear little stories you know about and i know we're in kind of a different age now you know there's like in california here there's a lot of djs and that kind of thing there's a lot of reasons why like our music industry is the way it is and all you know i'm into all those stories but but the experience of live music is just amazing for folks and the more you know, there's like musicians with it, the more community there can be. And it, and it, to me, it's more like holistic, the more you have involved, whereas and no, there's not anything against this, but some of the DJ music, it's like you get all these people looking at one person trying to give music and share it with everybody and you get a great experience, but it's not the same as like a band where it really takes technical prowess and and you know, timing and rhythm and the pulse and the heart, the heartbeat of being together in that. And China White was, you know, a bunch of individuals that were super disciplined and, and put the work into it. And amidst a time period where, you know, like television and MTV were all coming together. And it just made for the super community experience. And now we have this digital age where we have so much um you know, we're so satiated by seeming connection through this, but, you know, so, so one of the good things, I guess I'll just complete that thought is, you know, at the memorial, we, I got a sense of that. It's like people really coming together and having an opportunity to share stories because one thing that was shocking for the memorial for me is it took me as a roadie many years to meet all of those people. And now I'm living on the West coast and I drop in and I, I could have spent, there could have been 10 shows and I still would have felt like I didn't drop in enough with all those people, you know, because it took me so many years. And so, you know, two sides of the same coin on one side, there was too many people for me to like really drop into the degree that I really wanted to. Um, And on the other side though, I got a real experience of people coming together around music and having time to talk and, you know, tapping in and getting like a real rich, wholesome experience of, of connecting with people because it's not the electronics. It's not just the music. It's not just that. It's, it's the heart centered pulse of communication and community. And that was something that at that time and still exists in people, you know, is what was my experience through that. And that's what I learned and, and got from China white and from Henry and, you know, the whole experience.
1: Huh. It's, it's really sad to watch the age of the live shows kind of dwindling and then uh the weird thing is you'll see 20 30 people at the shows and the bands are like can you broadcast it for us i'm like yeah and you get like maybe 10 20 people will watch it live but then you'll see over the next week 400 people will watch that show how come these people couldn't come out and pay the seven dollars to watch it meet these guys these guys will come off the stage and shake your hand after this isn't, you know, $70 to watch someone
0: on the lawn at spec. This is right there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it, one thing that, you know, you, you ask the question, and, I mean, as much as we can, you know, definitely give a window of an insight into what's going on at, on at those clubs and that more people need to be at that, you know. I mean, like, teach the kids and then also show them that there's – that much more of an experience, you know, at the clubs, you know, at the shows, you know, and, you know, I mean the music business in this, you know, the whole downloading thing is where a lot of it started, you know, with record companies and downloads and all of this stuff. And that's the bigger macro picture. But, you know, like even in schools, you know, schools like that's great about the Memorial. They brought it right back to that. They, you know, got a lot of their, learning in the early 80s or late 70s, when music and and school were more, you know, um, linked, and some of the arts and things like that don't get as much funding, so, but we need to keep the kids connected with the arts, because that's, like, a whole different side of the brain, it's a whole different side of how we relate as people, you know, Um, not just these, you know, only rational, or only electronic, or people so so anyway just to finish and answer your question you know anytime you're doing live things it'll give them a little tease of it for sure but hold on to that let them know you know you're missing out not you know we want you here you know come say hi you know get this experience
1: because that was one of the biggest things i got from that that memorial show was this is what it was. This is what the scene was like when these guys were like in their prime and on stage. Cuz you can see like the video footage and the energy they gave off. It really makes me wish that we could get back to that. That that was one of the biggest things I felt during that show.
0: Yeah. A love yeah. in the air. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we need that. We need, you know, larger than life. I mean, it's, Paul to this day, you know? I mean, my buddy, oh, really nice like guy. This. But when I fucking see him on stage, I go, you know, like, I'm not worthy or all the things, you know, because he takes the stage and they all did together and they fucking put it forward and they would egg each other on. I mean, I'm going to share a little story with, about if you're – do you mind if I just – I know you're the interviewer, but do you mind if I, I, this I just – yeah. This
1: is, uh, mostly this is your time, man. Tell the story. The, yeah, much, yeah. the more we can get, the better.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if this has been told or not, but, uh, you know, some of me and the closest of the circle of friends um, have shared it a little bit. But, you know, there was a good period in some of the f- most formative years where Sean and Henry, you know, and a drummer, it was a three piece or a four piece. It was somewhere between a three and a four piece right in the beginnings there. I know Jeff is in there too. Um, and I think Shearzy, and there may have been another drummer in there. Um, but they uh, – oh, was I going with that? Oh, the, the brotherhood there. And there was something about that with them that also was key. I mean, they were – Sean and Henry are blood brothers, and there is so much history they shared. And I, I don't even know all of that, but I got to experience some of it. And it was – it wasn't always easy, as brothers could be, you know, and, and a lot of us are – not brothers, we're brothers in music and all that, you know, and, and, you know, some of that, like that brotherhood that China White's shared also had little tinges of the friction of brotherhood. You know, it's like when you got somebody bringing their 110% and you got three, four, five guys on stage and they're all bringing it, you know, sometimes you're going to step on each other's toes or, you know, you're going to, you're going to be kind of, trying to bring it in there and, and that you do that is important, but it's not all, you know, smooth. So just to get back to, you know, Sean and Henry on stage always brought the show, you know, as best they could. And it was always a show. Sometimes before they would go on stage, Henry and Sean, I don't know what it was exactly. It was something in the air or they, just got their, you know, a thorn in their side earlier in the day, Something a little sideways, but sometimes they get in a, like a, a skirmish. Let's just say, I was putting it nicely, but they'd fight, <laughs> they'd get into some kind of, you know, yelling about something or whatever. And, you know, there'd be a little bit like everybody's walking on eggshells, you know, and uh, cause it would be like that. And then they go on stage and they would just get it all out and it would be And those shows, when there was that friction, when they kind of have an argument, were some of their best shows, honestly. And they were able to funnel it and just like leave it all out on stage, finish, give each other a little bit of space, have a beer. By the end of the night, they were like chatting about their favorite bands again and, you know, just having a good old time, you know. So, but that was something that you know, it's, it's not easy as people to organize, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of money, time, investment, focus, creativity, passion that goes into these endeavors. And it's not easy to do that kind of thing. And it's a special thing when, um, you know, from my perspective, when people to get together in a band, I mean, you can't make this shit up. It kind of happens through magic. And there's that, that thing that's greater than us or that all that, woo woo stuff or whatever you want to call it spirit and all the things that makes these ha- things happen. And, and, uh, and China white through their brotherhood and their community and their commitment to it, you know, have it, had it and brought it into the live show. And I, I hope that that continues on. And I, I hope this continues to continue on. I'm going to be part of it as much as I can be. And yeah, going forward.
1: Are you coming back out
0: for the December show? Um, I'm not, uh, I've got a couple, I've got one. I usually only come back to the East about once every two years or once a year, somewhere in there. And this year I'm going to come back. um, My father's having his 75th uh, birthday celebration in May. so I'll be back in May. So this will be twice in about a year's time. Um, I'd love to be there December, but I'll be, uh, you know, watching the videos on Facebook or social media or whatever, you know, as much as I can and be supporting from, from this side of things. Um, And I love and know all the guys that are putting it on a lot of them. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad there's another one happening. You know, these guys, you know, geez. I mean, literally we could probably have 12, a year's worth of 12 memorials for China white in different capacities. And and they would all all,
1: people would all show up and sell it out. (laughs)
0: That's nice, when I realized yeah.
1: that the fame they had, as the, many people as they touched through, whether it be personal lives, music, teaching them, it's, it's a, a it was a heart wrenching moment. All of it. Standing there in that place, watching it sold out, walking through and having to like, excuse me, excuse me, please. Like for, for these two brothers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yup. They yeah. definitely made their mark on society and the world. Yeah.
0: Totally. Totally. That, that's
1: my goal with this is to make it go bigger. Like make more get more people to see them. Yeah. Yeah. And with the way social media works, upload it online and just have everybody share the hell out of the movie when it's done. <laughs> no
0: doubt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Other things that I could share about these guys. There's a few things I can't share. Yeah, I guess
1: there's a lot of those are stories that are like people are telling me when we sit down and talk. I can tell you about it, but you can't put it on there. And I'm like, come on. Ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Mostly, I, think, I stayed around the stories I can tell, but there was a I few.
1: Didn't even get to, uh, we got the one interview with Henry. And then we went out on the front porch and I'm like, I was like, didn't you party at all? And he's like, yeah, why? I'm like, you didn't really bring that up too much. He's like, Oh yeah. He's like, we'll talk about that in the next one. And I'm like, and the next one, obviously. And I was like, I was hoping to hear some of the party stories.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But the Christian
1: boys Academy one that, that has come up multiple times.
0: (laughs) Uh Uh huh. Oh man. Yeah. 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 Jeez, I mean, on the friend side of things, you know, and anytime I did things with Henry and, you know, there was always these, we just had a band of characters. We really did. I mean, any one of us could have been a character in any moment, in any story, you know, <laughs> a provocateur of any story or something. And, uh, but just what a band of a caravan of characters, uh, I remember a couple of few years and there was many a year. I was not there and many a year before me, but there was Hearthstone. Um, it's a place up in Lake George that we all would go to every summer. And, you know, Henry Wait a would minute. Get, what's that?
1: So you
0: might have an answer that I've been looking for. This is how we piece together these things. I get so it. There
1: was a house that was damaged in Northern New York recently but, uh, do you know who Hungry Jack is Matt Smith?
0: I'm not sure that I do. Well,
1: he was not- uh, he was another band around here. Um, he was there helping clean out the house. He works with a company that does that. And there was China White cups and merchandise in this house, and no one seems to know anything. But there was a rumor that there was a party place up north that the band took advantage of. Mm. Do you know anything about this? <laughs>
0: Interesting. Yeah, tell me more about this house, because there—I mean, there was a time up. I my family has a camp up north, and the, and and we did a little visit up there, and there's some stories of there, and some that I can't share, but uh,
1: it's, it's but not I, your Ticonderoga, is it?
0: Well, is it? Might it? Be. Yeah, because that's yeah. where the house was. <laughs> wow, who told that story? I'm curious. I can't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah that the there was water done to the house there recently or something and so they had to throw everything away they wouldn't even let him keep the cup that was there let alone any of the other stuff that was in this residence
0: okay yeah that <laughs> i think that was it i now now that you say that yeah so all right so i can tell you i'll tell you look, the origin of the cups was is, As I remember it, was their 10-year anniversary that we had at the QE2. And, you know, they, were, they had merchandise. They had shirts. Like T- China White's merchandise line probably was most primarily in shirts. You know, they had a few different eras of them. I'm wearing one right now. It was pretty popular for a while. It's the – Yes. That's from above. It's got the um, – Look at the, the 80s style. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you do that or not. It's the world airway of the But um so that was, you know, something that they had primarily, but for the 10th anniversary, which I think was if 83 is when they started, it was probably 93. Um and it was at the QE2 and that was uh, what a great celebration. Um and uh um so those cups I think came from that show you know that henry invested into henry the band invested into you know some merchandise actually i'm gonna get my keychain i'm gonna show you that too Uh, so there's this here and that was right around the time of their cd release so he there was a bunch of swag. I carry this on my keychain to this day. Um, just because it just means that much. Um, and they, yeah, so those cups and, and, and things like that came from that 10 year anniversary um, show. Well, those cups made it up. Um, and I must have got a bunch of them, and I know I had a bunch myself and, and a couple of my sisters. Uh, got some so they made their way up to the camp in Ticonderoga and that's <laughs> it is my mom's camp uh, and it did have some water damage and they've been cleaning it out so yeah it's interesting <laughs> you're hearing stories of China white stories that I'm not hearing you know just as different folks you know this is very
1: interesting <laughs> yeah 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 So now we yeah. know where the cups came from <laughs> yeah yeah, gonna, yeah if you know Nate brother T's roommate I'm gonna to have to message him, because. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So he's the one who got the story. I overheard the story, and he's like, he's like, he's there was a rumor, there was a party house there.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it kind of was, yeah. In our. It was yeah. It was our family's. It was uh, a really cool camp. It's a. It is a really cool camp. It's a camp that was. It was primarily off the grid it had electric but it didn't have a lot of plumbing and things like that but it you know but it was on stilts and it was out on lake champlain and like Fort ticonderoga so the lake level rises and lowers and, and maybe about 10 years ago i think my mom maybe it was five years ago five or ten years ago i forget exactly Um, the water level rose and went into the floor of the camp and it got a lot of water damage and it was kind of left. And now they're actually thinking of restoring it or something like that, which is quite an undertaking. But, but that was a house that in my, in my, in my family, my blood family, we would go up there and, you know, in summertime, sometimes even in the winter and, you know, just get away from the city, you know, get away from everything and just go sit there and, fish and boat and swim and party you know whatever whatever we wanted to do you know and there was a couple times one significant time i remember a bunch of us you know the inner circle of roadies and friends and and china white devotees all went up there and spent a weekend up there and uh yes there was some debauchery, debauchery. There was always some kind of debauchery you know somebody passing word. out and getting their face Written on, or things like that, you know, <laughs> shenanigans we do, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot of magic moments up there, too, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think which one, which one there. I, yeah, there's a few stories there I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm. Great, now he's gonna tell us how babies are made. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> So what's your most memorable <laughs> stage moment? Hmm. Wow. Oh oh geez, let me think here. Were you there for the epic photo? Which one? <laughs> the one that, like Henry's sliding in and someone's like jumping in the background. I think it was at winners where it was shot.
0: Yeah, I believe, I think as I've heard and maybe maybe it was on the interview, I did see I, I was so you, was you on the interview. What's that?
1: the back of the new shirts.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. I think it was either in the interview that you did or through uh, checking out stuff on Facebook or on, that, on the Chrome Memorial Show page in one of the threads. I think Paul had said that that was actually the first show at Winners that he played with China White. Um, that yeah. I didn't know, but I have seen that picture multiple times. Uh, it was a, sh- a, a picture that, I'm pretty sure Paul has it up in his living room, and I think Henry has always had it up, you know, in his living room. that
1: means I might be able to get a real copy of that photo.
0: Yeah, we'd, we'd, I'd, I'd love to have it too. I don't think I. I'd, I'd
1: love it. to have it for like the opening of the movie. That would be great.
0: Yeah, yeah. No kidding. I mean, that is the, that's the quintessential photo. So how many nights you now you can see him just under the lights and in the sheen and the lights and you know, I mean, the music bleeds out of that picture. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Your Your
1: best memory, what's your like favorite memory of of like a stage moment?
0: Yeah, I mean, so many, one that's really significant personal to me that I feel awesome to share. So like you asked me about the first moments of China White and uh, I mean, I have really clear memories of a few different times that I don't have a chronological order, but they all happen within like the first two or three years of being in China white. It was resumed before I got out of high school. Um, one was that kegger kind of party in East Greenbush Rensselaer. Um, one was, and it was either the first, it was one of the first three times I was ever in Saratoga winter seeing a show that my mom brought me to because I couldn't get in the door before I had that special ID that gets you in (laughs) when you're under 21. There's stories of that. That's even another thing I just want to like Henry Hot on his one guitar, the under 21 symbol with a, with a cross through it and between Massachusetts that they would play and New York, the drinking age in, I guess it was probably the late eighties was being changed throughout. And I think most of the United States, as far as I know now is 21. I think we've all agreed in States, but it was, you know, some states were 18 and some were 21. And I think it was 21 in New York first, and you could still drink and eat in, in mass, or I could have that backwards. But so there was a thing around that. Now, Henry's 12 years older than me, but I'm seeing him, you know, underage, wanting to see him. And there was always things around playing clubs where you could have kids that were under 21 in them during my era. But, you know, in, in his era more, He, I think he was part of the scene where you could drink when you were 19, legally. And then I think a whole bunch of people got cut out of that because they made New York 21. So that was like a significant time in the music history, in the club history, you know, around attendance and everything. And um, so that was really significant around that time. So I'm a little bit after that generation kind of, but I still had enough wind of it. I heard my parents tell stories about that. But for me, even getting in the club then, so my parents supported me being in the club when I was 15 to 18, as long as I wasn't drinking, they weren't handing me drinks or anything. Um, But they were like, cool with me getting into the music there. That was the only way we had access. So a lot of people from 18 to 21 had to get access to music going to clubs, figuring out how to do it. Um, When the drinking age went to 21. And so one of my memories around all these details is going into Saratoga Winters was one of my first three times. One time was seeing King Diamond. My mom brought me, it was like the conspiracy tour in 1989 and right around within the three years around that. Um, uh, the other time was seeing China White there. And it was one of my first times seeing China White. And I had already been taking guitar lessons and i think i had seen them once before don't remember it may have been at the palace theater actually they played at the palace theater with lethal lipstick and a bunch of other bands i don't sorry i don't remember all the other bands but i do remember that's, those uh, two that's
1: mike trash's other band
0: yes yeah oh yeah yep yeah that was my first time seeing mike trash doing you know the they were the hair the, the heavy hair band you know of the day <laughs> out of uh there out of uh, albany area um yeah Uh, So I remember, you know, I think Henry asked me, you know, in lessons or whatever, at some point he was like, yeah, you know, I'll get you in, I'll get you into Saratoga Winners or whatever, um, you know, and do you want to, you know, run lights, run a spotlight for us? And I was like, never been like in front of any like real serious equipment before in my (laughs) life. I mean, my guitar, sure, but not like in a club doing something. And so I get into the club, you know, basically. And, you know, he introduces me to the spotlight up in in the rafters in Saratoga Winners. And I was stage right, so audience left, um, on a spotlight with one of their shows. I don't think it was that show that you have a picture of, but I think it was 87 or 88 was the year that I think Paul – joined so it was within the first couple of years of or maybe one of the first few gigs of paul being part of china Way in saratoga Winners, um and you know they were using a spotlight i think that was an upgrade in the light show or whatever and you know henry's directions were put it on paul most of the time <laughs> just put it on paul most of the time and when there's a guitar solo put it on me But when there's a bass solo, put it on (laughs) Sean. And I don't think I was even—I mean, they hadn't even released um, Oblivion Express. This was like their second major cassette release. They had Violence Is Golden, and they had Oblivion Express, and there was some other stuff before that, I think, too, that the forty-five. But um, and uh, so but I think they were playing some of the songs from it. But anyway, um. And so Sean's in the band. I believe it was Tommy Shearzy at the time and Henry and Paul. And I'm up in the rafters and I'm up at the spotlight. And I'm still like learning how to play guitar. So I don't even know that there's such a thing as like bass solos. I mean, I know there's cool (laughs) bass players, but like that was a cool thing in China White. Like, 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 Like another thing, like the community vibe around music is like, write a good song like you know as far as being in a band and henry knew that like henry would be able to like you know embody like he was a good writer and he was super awesome but he also wrote a really good song and he between the chemistry and him and sean and the other guys they would make really good songs and if you they stand up a lot of them stand up just as much today as they did yesterday you know way back when all that being said, um, they had bass solos in there. So I'm going to a little side story, a little tangent there. I, I, I get all over the place with oh, so, uh, yeah. this. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Totally, totally. And Sean, I mean, they, the boys, you know, neck and neck, putting on the show, bringing their 110%. And Sean was as much as anybody else in the band or more would like want the audience to be right up in front of the stage, looking at him, you know, it's like almost he would be standing up on the rail going, you know, Hey, you know, and all that kind of thing. And as a musician, Sean was a hands down amazing bass player. I don't think anybody could argue with that and wrote amazing bait lines. They're not easy to even play. Um, but he had solos in the songs but I didn't even know that. Like, I just didn't comprehend that. So here I am up in the rafters of Saratoga winners with this, you know, huge, the thing, the spotlights are like, you know, almost a third of my body size, you know, (laughs) and a little shutter on the thing, you know, I'm moving it. And I'm watching the show and I'm like, this is the greatest place to watch the show. You know, you open and close the shutter, make it the right size. And, you know, I, I apologize to Sean with this. I know I got all of the Paul that I needed to. I know I got all of Ch- of Henry's solos. And I got one of Sean's solos. And I know there was a couple of them. And I missed sorry Sean. I missed. I think he got a little upset that night because he was like because Sean. To his credit, not only for the music's sake, for the song's sake, they put some bass lines in there, you know, bass solos in the song. Sudden Death and uh, Berlin Wall, I think both of them have it, as I recall. Um, But Sean would be, he would take a moment before his bass solo in the song and get up on the rail and say, hey, you know, and get everybody going and then fucking deliver the solo, you know, and then get back into the groove of the song. (laughs) Holy shit. So that was, you know, one of my, Highlight peak moments for China Light was being behind that spotlight in my formative years. Man, I
1: I would have been terrified getting on the rafters of the Saratoga winners. Um, Oh, my, you know, for the people that are watching that know winners know exactly
0: what I'm talking about. Oh, my god! (laughs) I mean, there was probably some really stinky and a couple dead things up in those rafters. I mean, honestly, but. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, the but whole it looked sketchy, <laughs> totally sketchy. But it was home, and we loved it. That I know, it was,
1: I, lo- I loved it so much. You get knocked down in a mosh pit, you just bounce on the rotted floorboards.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> you are stage oh, diving, you are diving off of that stage. You get a little extra oomph from it. <laughs> I
1: never got to do that. That was kind of gone before my generation got to enjoy it.
0: Mm, right on. What, what's some of your highlights, David, of uh, Saratoga Winners like uh, going there?
1: Um, my favorite thing that happened there was uh, I watched Six Feet Under there, mm-hmm. and uh, their singer yelled out, look at this shithole, and ripped a piece of plywood off the wall and got on it on the crowd and said, bring me to the bar so I can get a shot. And he surfed from the stage to the bar, did a shot, and then they surfed him back on the plywood. <laughs> That's excellent. Very nice. Very nice that was yeah. my favorite moment there nice i met cradle of filth there that was a good time nice it's like people don't realize even the bigger bands you got to meet them at these small venues
0: yeah yep yeah i met i had stuff signed for me by king diamond i met snowy shaw charlie d'angelo another thing i mean another thing with henry you went out with henry to a show or you were at a show and you went and said hi to henry you'd turn to his left or his right and you'd be talking to that headline and act. Like he'd be, yeah. he'd be like, Hey, do you want to go meet this guy? Like, you know, he's like, he would have been, you know, so, so the one show that it was, I think the second time. So the first time I got to meet folks in King diamond was uh, snowy Shaw and Charlie D'Angelo snowy Shaw was a drummer at the time and it was the King diamond band. It was a conspiracy tour. As I mentioned, and uh, it was right in front of the soundboard with the opening bands. I don't remember who they were, but, you know, Snowy Shaw walked by me it was, and he stood in front of the soundboard and I just kind of chatted with him. And anyway, one thing led to another. Snowy Shaw was there. He introduced me to, or uh, Charlie D'Angelo, um, who was the bass player. He was in, he's in, uh, oh, what is it? Um, that's that like girl singer band. I can't think of it right now. Anyway, longer story, shorter. <laughs> so that was the first time I got to kind of meet them guys. I got things signed by them. But the next time, or one of the next two times, um, I was in the club, and Henry knew where Mike Weed was, who actually plays in King Diamond now. He went from he started replacing Michael Denner in Merciful Fate, and this was in '94, I think, somewhere around there, '94, '95. And uh, he had just got on tour replacing Michael Denner. We expected to see Michael Denner. It wasn't, or at least, you know, and then Henry saw the guy in the back of the club and he's like, Hey, you want to go over and meet him? I was like, all right. And I was like, I don't even know what to ask the guy. You just replaced Michael Denner. I'd go and say hi to Michael Denner. and say, thank you. I don't even know what to ask this guy. But Henry was just a guitar player, like, like everybody else. Meaning. Yeah, it's awesome. And you know, it's just somebody else with good skills who, you know, is another person, you know, and he was like at that level and he wanted to bring you into that experience, you know, so he's like, you know, he was always like my guitar teacher and my mentor as much as he was my friend, you know, and he could hold all those roles down. And so we were over we talking to Mike Weed and saying, hey, it was a great show, you know, and all these things. So, you know, Henry would do that. And, um, yeah, that was a, a good memory with Henry too and, and the whole thing at Winters. I forget how we got to that, but that was a whirlwind of another story. Oh, memories of Saratoga Winters.
1: Your, your favorite moment on stage, and that was or, uh, with the band. Yeah, yeah, know.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I've never had that, like I said, I'm new to the whole scene. Where I live, there's not really this whole music scene. And the mm-hmm. guys have treated, everybody's treated me with the utmost respect and they're all great people and good friends. I mean, they just it's real tight-knit. If you're out drinking watching their band play and you get drunk, they're like, hey, come crash on my couch.
0: <laughs> totally, totally. All right. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. I want to keep you alive for the next show. Exactly.
1: We're going to need yeah. your seven bucks next time, too.
0: That's it. <laughs> Please. And buy a CD. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Mm. Uh, i I have a little cd book and that's all that's in there is all the local bands lately it's i I don't really listen to a lot of mainstream
0: Mm. first of all can
1: you even go buy a cd at the cd store anymore i don't think you can the record here is all collectibles now it's like those little pop figurines everywhere
0: you're right right (laughs) i know i know
1: that's what they decided to do with vinyl they put it into a figurine
0: into a figurine (laughs) right melting them all down and put it into a figure. here's another deadpool toy here <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah
1: so is there anything yeah. else you
0: wanted to say oh, any geez. advice comments yeah. i mean words of oh. wisdom <laughs> yeah i mean on a different day the interview could look so different because i just have so much you know stuff between behind my eyes and between my ears about well, memories dude, you have mean, me just... on
1: facebook too like if there's anything else you think of that you wanted to say send it to me i've got hours upon hours of video footage i've got to go through wow so i'm going to tell everybody the cutoff is december 31st so that way i can start putting this together i mean right. i i've given i've given everybody months already and it's i have certain people that like they're dedicated I had to cancel on one person. I felt bad about that. I had some personal shit I had to take care of, but I messaged them today. I'm like, all right, let's, let's, let's set this back up. But man, there's so many people I've even said, just send me a quick thing. On, send me a video on Facebook. You, if you met in a messenger, you can send like an hour long video. There, mm. There's no reason they can't do it or they can do this. I mean, they could, I'm I'm less than an hour away from these guys. My house is open. That's what this room is for is interviewing, broadcasting, getting drunk with your friends and, being an idiot on the internet it's, it's what it's for <laughs> nice
0: awesome yeah i'm psyched you're doing this because i mean if you know i mean i think a lot of people agree Henry's, you know like the humble icon and, and china white as an entity too i mean they, they all carried that in, in their own individual capacities you know and and fuck you know influenced so many people you know and i I, so many people, whether they were colleagues or play with them, Henry was always willing. If you were putting in your own personal work to give you an up, you know, and, and yeah, that's just like, and that's something I will never forget. Like Henry, there was never a day that I spent time around Henry or a China white experience where I didn't feel like I was part of something that was bigger than me. And that included me, that I mattered, that I was valuable, and had something to offer, and that you know humble in that he knew that it took other people to help put this thing called China White together, you know, to be part of this community and 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 to get on with all the other bands and make the events, and there's a lot of work that goes into these things, and
1: you know a, you hit me on that one because these guys have they do they make you feel wanted like you're important you're part of something i may not be a musician but i can get out there and try to help them spread their word it doesn't cost them a dime and it makes me feel useful and good
0: yeah 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 it's uh, super awesome david yeah i really i personally really appreciate it and i think our community will love to see what you put out and i look forward to it
1: yeah i was actually writing like before, before i got i'm trying to write something like Just quick, because this isn't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be in this very much at all. Just a quick little, what I experienced doing this, like, and then be like, here's what you got. You know, it's like, (laughs) because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In in a good way. It's definitely been, you know, because we all have that one person in our lives who's made a difference. And it seems like he was that guy for so many people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I've heard things were like bad homes, bad lifestyle and he's like get your ass in here, grab a guitar. Get get out of the rain, come come play an instrument. You know, it's
0: yep. <laughs> yeah, Henry was the salt of the earth and the quintessential rock star, you know, in both in the same person and could hold it and you know, if if I could just take a a, a grain of that salt of the earth that he was and have that in me for the rest of my life and remember that every time I meet anybody like that's what I want to carry in me all the time. And so
1: if I could touch people like touch half as many people in the way he did, I would feel accomplished. And when you tried to praise him, he was just like, I'm just a guy who knows how to play guitar.
0: <laughs> totally. 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 He's a
1: legend. He's like, I, I'm just a guy who plays guitar. <laughs>
0: totally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So let's get on with it. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly what he would do. Where's the motorhead? Where's the motorhead? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Well, Micah, I'm going to go uh, eat some dinner and stuff. I do appreciate your time with us. This. this is an awesome interview. You've had a lot of great things to say, a lot of great info. Like I said, if there's anything else you can think of, I'd be more than happy to put it in here.
0: Yeah, my pleasure, David. Again, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think it's very worthy, communal. My pleasure. It It helps out that scene, man, because real people, live bands, community, and the Northeast has got that. That's one thing they've had, you know, so let's keep that alive.
1: Let's get some people famous.
0: That's it. That's it. There's so many underrated rock stars in this area. What is going on? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool, David. Yes, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. You
1: too. Thank you again.
0: Cheers. Cheers.
1: Have a good one.